This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. It's Ravens week. Oof. It still hits. It still hits, yeah, baby. Yeah, it really does. I know things of, aren't great in Steelers Nation right now. Doesn't it kind of like instill a little bit extra fear inside just because? No, it actually instills oh. the fact that even though the Steelers look like hot garbage right now, uh-huh. they can win this football game on Sunday because it's Ravens week. It's Ravens week. Anything can happen. Although we've seen, you know, we've seen the blowouts though on both sides of the football. Do you remember that one season? I believe it was 2013 or 20. I think it was 20, 2012, possibly, where the Steelers opened up the season in Baltimore on the road, and the final score was like thirty-five to seven. And we, so we've seen blowouts happen. You 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 recall Ben's back-to-back games of uh, six touchdowns against the Colts and the Ravens. I mean, that game was a big blowout for the Steelers. Uh, to their advantage. So. How about 2014 at Heinz Field, now Akershore Stadium, I, 43 to 23. That's what. That's, that's the what game I'm saying. talking about. Yeah. Six touchdown that? game. Yeah. Big so one. we've seen. We've that seen. That game you were thinking about in Baltimore was 2011. 35 to seven was the 2011. The I said 2012. Skewered the Steelers. Yeah. I mean, so we've seen blowouts happen, and we've seen them happen when the home team. Yeah, the, is the one blowing out. We've 100%. never seen an away team come into town and blow another team out. So, but it's not rare to see the away team come into town and get no. Victory it's absolutely not. But you know what's funny? I think rightfully so. People just default into you split with the Ravens, right? Like that's just their their yeah. natural take on the season. Is well, you always split with I Baltimore. Mean, it's, you look at the team, the state of the team now. But that's not the case you, recently, Jacob. No, it's not. I mean, the Steelers have won what six in a row? One, two, three, four. They've won five of the last six games. Five of the last. They six. lost their last loss was December eleventh, twenty twenty two. 16 to 14, the Ravens. Oh, edge that the was the game where Kenny Pickett got hurt. It was his last year. Kenny Pickett yeah. got hurt on the first Mitch drive. Trubisky, Mitch threw three interceptions. Three interceptions. Yeah. That, okay. So that was their last but, loss. Before that, they hadn't lost to the Ravens since 2019, and that was in Baltimore. But you even look at, you look at the state of the team now, and you wonder, you think back to what was it, week 17 last year in Baltimore, second to last game of the week. How the hell did that team, the Steelers, pull off Beat that, that win? Team. Well, granted, I think Lamar Jackson wasn't on the field, that's but where I think it always. But you falls saw into. it wasn't because of the defense; it was because of Kenny Pickett leading that late touchdown drive, methodically marching down the field. How the hell did that team? Where the hell did that team go? Essentially, is what I'm asking. For the Steelers, yeah, right. That's what we've been asking for the past couple of weeks. That's like you look at the team year. now, it's it's miraculous. To know that that team is essentially the same, you just but you've added better pieces. You've added Broderick Jones. You brought in Darnell Washington. You brought in Allen Robinson, and and you're not even close to having a drive like. I mean, you had one drive like that all season long against the Raiders in like the third quarter, not when it was meaningful football. I mean, like it, there's just been no signs of life from this offense. That you saw at the end of last season. Well, that's what they were supposed to build off of into this season, and it has just gone completely, you know, topside. It's gone belly up as far as what we expected to see the Steelers' offense to look like and what the reality of the Steelers' offense is. Looking at this series recently, though, dating back to their game on December 2nd in 2020, so this is the previous five matchups. No team has scored more than 20 points in this game. And that was the Steelers in 2021. They beat the Ravens 20 to 19. In 2020, it was 19 14 Steelers, 20 to 19 Steelers in 21. 
16-13 Steelers in 22, that one in overtime. 16 14 Ravens last year in the first meeting. 16 13 Steelers in the second to last game of the year last year when Kenny Pickett led the comeback. So, as far as maybe wanting to see the offense turn that corner this week and put some points up on the board, not only is this Ravens defense playing better this year than uh, people expected it to, but the past five games of this this bitter rivalry tells me that you don't score points in this game, right. that neither team scores points in this game. Even when Lamar's healthy for the Ravens, they haven't been able to score points. And I know Lamar has missed his fair share of Steelers matchups, but, you know, everybody's on the Steelers right now for why are you playing like you're in a time machine? You're trying to act like this is 1970, 1980, old school football, ground and pound. We're out physicaling. We're out toughing the team. And the ironic thing is, based on recent history, I, I think this is one of the few matchups in the NFL that, that actually embodies that kind of mentality. Like, I know everybody is harping on Coach T saying we need to get more physical and we need to have better pad level, and they're attacking him for that. And listen, I think that there are a lot more problems than being physical and having better pad level when it comes to this football team right now. But in a vacuum for this week, he's probably right. This is going to be an old-school rock fight style of a game. And even though Lamar and that Ravens offense put up 28 points all on Lamar's back against a really good Browns defense, if this is 16-14 to 14 again on Sunday in favor of either team, I'm not going to walk away surprised by it. It's just this game seems to you know buck the trend of where the current NFL is and it's played in the time. It's played in the seventies. It's played in the the early two thousands. Mm. You'll get a throwback kind of game when you play the Ravens. So, can the Steelers scratch and claw their way to a win in that kind of a game? Yeah, we've seen them be able to do that. It's probably the only thing we've been able to see them do uh, this offense. But you know, you want to see them grow and you want to see them put up a lot of points. You want to see them take that next step after the Vegas game and. I just think this is a terrible, terrible matchup, both historically speaking and based on what the Ravens have been playing like to this point mm -hmm. this season for the Steelers to try to get points on the board. It's, I, I have doubts that the Steelers' offense will, you know, put it all together and click at one point this season. I'm pretty certain it for sure will not happen in this game. No, I don't expect it to either. I mean, it, and technically speaking, even though we were praising the offense for getting the win last year in Baltimore in Week 17, it wasn't that they were doing it all day long. It was more of the same. They were stalling in the first quarter. They were stalling in the first half. They weren't putting together touchdown drives in the in the second half, but they at least they were scoring, getting into field goal position. And then it took until the end of the game for the touchdown drive to come. Yeah, you got the win, but sh you got one touchdown drive in that game, right? One meaningful touchdown drive in that game. That is not up to the standard of which NFL teams play today. And again, you could see more of the same on Sunday. You could see kind of I, I, you you said it's a bad matchup. I I wholly agree with that. Well, I don't it's a know, bad matchup for the Steelers. I don't know how they're going to contain the run against well, that's the, against that's the Ravens. The other reason why it's a terrible matchup. The Ravens, despite Todd Munkin coming in, and you know they're trying to, mm -hmm. you know, they're still they're running the ball better than yeah, almost right. anybody in the NFL, and they have the highest pass run ratio in favor of running the football mm -hmm. in the league right now. They're this, they're not as skewed in that direction, but they're still the leader in the clubhouse when it comes to we're a running football team, and Lamar's running a lot. You keep that in mind, and I just don't see how the Steelers are going to be able to catch up 
let alone stay in it. I mean, again, Matt Canada said it himself uh, to the CBS crew on Sunday, we are not the kind of offense that is built to come back from large deficits. So if Baltimore runs the Steelers down their throats uh, early on, if, if they jump out to like a 14 and nothing lead just like the Texans did, I, I think the game's already over. And, you know, that's kind of upsetting to think because the offensive coordinator 14, admitted it that that's you can't what, come I, back I just from said high. that. 14 points in the NFL nowadays is nothing. You know, look at the AFC divisional round game between the Bills and the Chiefs from a couple of years ago. Those two teams combined for like 35 points in a two minute, yeah, three minute crazy. span. Yeah. 14 points should be. Oh my gosh! It's it's only a fourteen point game. We can absolutely come back from this. The modern NFL but last that last much. week when it was sixty nothing coming out of halftime, you had no hope. Yeah, you scored on your first drive out of out of the half with a field goal, but you were still thinking that's all you can do. You can only get how many? You got to get six more of those if you really want to catch up. Six more field goal drives because you can't get into the end zone. And the way that the Texans were able to stay on schedule have a very successful opening drive and get out to that 7 to nothing lead that is just a death sentence for the Steelers the way they're currently constructed was because they were able to run the ball effectively mm-hmm. and mix in a nice run-pass ratio. The Ravens, in coming into that game, the Texans were abysmal at running the football, and they only ran for 3.7 yards per carry, but they committed to it, and it was able to help them keep the Steelers' defense off balance. Now you have a team that is amazing at running the football, Mm-hmm. has outrushed their opponents by like 235 yards so far this season. They want to run the ball. They run the ball more than they pass the ball, at a, like I said, at a higher ratio than anybody else in the NFL. And they're looking at you across the line and licking their chops because you have one of the weakest run defenses in the league right now, especially with number 97 on the sidelines with injury. Mm-hmm. Lamar is running 35% of their design run plays, and he has a scramble rate of 12%. So, I mean, over 40% of the time, Lamar's getting close to half the time you're going to have to deal with Lamar's feet. Mm -hmm. And I know that that is the risk that the Ravens always run to getting their quarterback injured, and it's always been, well, how do we find a way to take the rushing workload off of Lamar's plate? J.K. Dobbins gets hurt again. It's right. Gus Edwards. It's Melvin. Every year there's Mel- a new, yeah, there's a veteran, new veteran that comes back. In. A couple of years Lev it was Bell. Latavius I mean, Murray, right. Now it's Melvin Gordon, and you still have Justice Hill as well. But Lamar is eating a lot of that workload when it comes to rushing the football. Edwards is the RB1, but again, I see a team that is very good, very unique, and has a player that can do things that no one in the history of the league, can emulate, save maybe Michael Vick, but we know Lamar does it better than Mike Vick because he's breaking all of Mike Vick's records, 100-yard rushing games, touchdown, all of them. They're in Lamar's back pocket now. When you have to face a team that is so unique like that, and, and you, you, or when you are a team that is so unique like that, and you put all your eggs into that basket of Lamar and he's running the ball again, like, you're playing with a ticking time bomb. Mm-hmm. If he gets hurt, I think this all goes poof again for the Ravens. But the tough part is, how do you tell them to stop playing the way that he plays when it's so damn effective when he's healthy? I mean, they are 3-1, and one, looking to go 4-1. and one. 
They had a really fluky loss at home against the Colts. Lamar fumbled the ball a couple times. They were just freshly dealing with some new injuries on the the team that day. And that's going to happen in the NFL mm-hmm. for sure. But, you know, it's kind of like a catch-22 if you're the Ravens because you want Lamar to protect himself more. But you're clearly your most effective when Lamar does Lamar things and he's scrambling <laughs> around and he's But that puts you at down. the biggest risk when he's doing those things. So you, you, look, if he stays healthy... They, and and the team around him starts to get healthier, they could win a Super Bowl. For sure, in my mind. If he, I mean, we've never s- seen the, him like No, 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 sorry. The one time we've seen it. He won an MVP. He won an MVP, but they fumbled a bag in their first playoff game. And then the next the year he came back from injury and won his first playoff game against right. the Titans. And then it's been just kind of injuries ever since then. But then, if you remember that, his second playoff game that year made a Lamar have beat the Bills. Made a Lamar esque mistake where he turned the ball over in a key down, fourteen point swing. They were Mm -hmm. going to win that game, oh for sure. And then, you know, you fumble the ball away, or you throw an interception at the goal line. Bills return it to the the second year in a row that had happened to them in the playoffs because happened to the Bills game, and then last year against the Bengals, it wasn't Lamar, but mm-hmm. they fumble on the goal line going in, trying to upset Cincinnati in Cincinnati with your backup quarterback, and Trey Hendrickson takes a nine, nine yards mm-hmm. to the house for a 14-point swing. So, you know, the Ravens are kind of right there. They're right on the precipice Yeah, we, we talked through. about this earlier this week. They are, if Lamar is healthy, you are willing to put them in a top-tier level of teams that's capable of doing something deep into the postseason, but that hinge is so wobbly because of the unpredictability of Lamar Jackson's health. And the way that they put him in vulnerable positions right. where he puts himself in vulnerable positions. But, like, I mean, I don't blame them at all. I, I don't well, blame Harbaugh. Because, like, you see how Odell and Bateman are hurt. Mm-hmm. J.K. Dobbins is hurt. This is your best chance to win football games right now. And there is no more when it comes to Lamar. Well, we got to keep an eye on our future and, you know, protect the future. He got the big contract. This is, what, his fifth, sixth year in the league. We got to win now. We have got to try to win now. And if you don't have your starting running back, if your receiving core is depleted, the best way to win now is just say, hey, eight, go dazzle people. Go make some plays with your legs. But here's the key difference between last year and this year with Lamar. His completion percentage this year is over 70% right now. The only quarterback right now who has a higher completion percentage than Lamar Jackson is someone named Josh Allen. You might have heard of him. And the interesting thing about Allen and Lamar being at the top of the league as far as you know completion percentage is concerned this year, Lamar had a massive jump in completion percentage uh, from what he's had in his career to this season. Um, He only had four incompletions last week. His previous career high was 66.1% completion percentage in 2019. He's completing 74% of his passes right now. Um, Last week, he had a 78.6% completion percentage. That was the best of of, of the season so far for him. And he currently has the lowest interception rate of his career right now. Um, but as I was saying with him and Josh Allen, Josh Allen experienced a big jump from completion percentage from one year to the next. He went from like 60% to almost 68 70%. If Lamar continues on this trend and will jump up from his previous best being 66, it'd be almost a 10% jump in completion percentage. 
If he can do that this year and keep that interception rate down, I don't know how you beat him. I really don't know how you right. beat this guy aside from the injury bug helping you Because out. that was what the Steelers did best, right? And that's what everybody did best, I think, in the playoffs. So let's make this guy throw. Like when the Ravens were the one seed and the Titans beat them mm-hmm. in Lamar's MVP season, they made him throw the mm-hmm. football, and he couldn't do it. If he can figure that out how to— and Derrick Henry ran the ball down yes, the throws, but if but he yeah. And threw a touchdown pass. He did. If yeah, he right. can figure out how to be efficient in the passing game— you're torched, dude. I mean, there's right. just nothing you can do to stop him until uh, his legs slow down or he gets hurt. But again, this is something that people pointed out, that the Steelers did better than anyone. Yes, Lamar made those mistakes against other teams, but the Steelers specifically did the best job of getting to Lamar, either getting him on the ground, forcing him into into uncomfortable pockets, collapsing pockets, and then forcing those turnovers, whether getting to him and stripping him of the ball or putting him in an, into an uncomfortable position to force a throw and then converting on the turnover. The Steelers did that better than anybody else. And right now, it seems that he's doing a better job of that decision-making of protecting the football. We'll see how that translates against Pittsburgh because, again, even though every team knew that was his biggest weakness, the Steelers did it better than anyone or have done it better than anyone throughout the career of Lamar Jackson. So, We'll see if that translates on Sunday, but to me, with the protection of the football, the way he's he's being way more accurate than he has been in the past, the still, even though they're they're doing better with the passing game, they're still sticking to the run game. I don't know if this is gonna be the same kind of Lamar Jackson led Ravens offense that we've seen in the past. That we've seen the Steelers dominate in the past. One crack in the armor, though. So far this year, when it's been deemed that Lamar is being pressured, he is completing 46% of his passes. Oh, that's oh 24th in the NFL. I mean, that, you usually yeah. go down if right. you're a quarterback and you're getting pressured. 46 sounds low, but there's clearly, you know, almost eight, nine quarterbacks mm-hmm. that are worse than he is. Um, I, one of them might be in Pittsburgh. I don't have that <laughs> up in front of me right now, but I would assume that. Um, when he's been clean, though, Lamar Jackson is completing 83% of his passes, second there best in the NFL. Mm. Got to get pressure on this guy. But, and this is where I think the Steelers, along your lines, has done something so much better than the rest of the league has, it's smart pressure. If you sell out to blitz, if you sell out on the pass rush, he'll burn you with your mm. legs. He'll go outside, he'll go right up the middle, 15, 20-yard gain like it's nothing. Steelers have done an amazing job at getting pressure on Lamar but then also containing him into that backfield, into that pocket, or pushing him backwards as he tries to scramble and pursuing him well. And I think that is just such a big key because clearly he does not complete at a high percentage when he's feeling the pressure. And I think if you can, you know, get him to, you know, go into scramble mode and then go to his right and, oh, that's blocked. And then I'm going to try to get him, oh, that's blocked. Up the middle, oh, there's a spy right there. And you have him trapped like that, that's how you beat him. I mean... He'll then try to force some balls downfield because he has to throw it. And like we said, he's completing less than half his passes when he's pressured. So that's the way. That's the crack in his armor right now. Everything else looks great for Lamar at the start of the season. He looks MVP caliber again. You got to get pressure on the guy. It's the only thing that he's shown through four games that is a weakness for him. Definitely. And without Cam Hayward there, 
and the up the middle is a different. That's a tough. It's tough for sure. Yeah. But given also the, the with that in mind, and then the performances or lack thereof, you could say by Alex Highsmith and T.J. Watt from last week. Do you have the confidence that they can force Lamar into those uncom- uncomfortable situations? I'm gonna say yes, just because I've seen it. You've happen seen so it, many years. but like, what? So make it make sense, Tom. You've seen it in the past, right? They're the best pass rushing duo in the in the NFL. Everybody says it. And yet they went up against four backups last week. It's just I don't know. Like that that's the NFL happening, I guess. Yeah. I mean, why so what why do the Steelers struggle the NFL, against the Raiders all the time? Yeah, like, right. Why, the NFL why do these happening, things happen? I the mean, NFL happening means Steelers, why can Joe Burrow not beat the Browns? Like it's, it's just right. weird stuff happens like this. So why can the Steelers stop Lamar when they couldn't beat the Texans Patrick off? I don't know, but they just have the number for some reason. So does that mean last week they come up with zero sacks tomorrow, or sorry, not tomorrow, on Sunday they'll end up with like seven? It really wouldn't surprise (laughs) me. Mark's been saying it all week so far on his show that, you know, as much as he's been lambasting the Steelers and as much as they deserve the lambasting, he is not surprised if they go out and beat the Ravens on Sunday because that's just... It's just what what happens. It's not just what the league does. It's what Mm -hmm. this Steelers Mm -hmm. team does, and... Mike DeFabo was on with us yesterday, and he brought up a really good point. They're an emotional team. I mean, they the Steelers don't, are the Ravens. The Steelers. Oh, yeah. They don't handle success well recently. Mm-hmm. When they get up, the downfall usually comes pretty quickly after. And then once that downfall happens, they do a really good job of talking themselves into where the underdog, no one believes in us. Let's go out there and shock the world and beat the Ravens. So, like, as bad as things looked, and they were real bad against the Texans, maybe an all-time low in the Tomlin era— Oh, it's, it's potential it's that it could be down that there. Point. You know, they could come know. out and beat their rival on Acershire Stadium, and I don't think it would look like a fireworks show, but it'll be like nineteen sixteen, like all the scores have been the past five years. It's kind of like, you're just sitting there in Steeler Nation, like we beat the Ravens, we're three and two, and we're going into the bye week. Like it's there are such a roller coaster of a team for the past few seasons. Right. It, it really would not surprise. I me. mean, this is going ways back. It's kind of crazy how it's been five years since this one. Uh, but the Steelers, remember, had those that really bad finish of the season in 2018, the season that Lev Bell sat out, the one that finished with A.B. not playing in the Cincinnati game to end the season. They were on a three-game losing streak after starting the season 7-2-1, and one. lost to Denver, the Chargers, and then the Raiders. All bad losses. Lost three in a row, and then they come back and beat the Patriots for the first time in however many years. Do you remember that? Yes. That was the Joe Hayden interception game. Yes. So, like, it, you lose to bad teams, and then you go out and you beat the best team. You beat the best quarterback. You beat the best coach. Yeah, I mean it's it's a very roller coaster like team. So yeah, I'm not ruling out them being the Ravens at all this week. One more guy I want to talk about though before we move on: Roquan Smith on the defensive side of the ball. You know, Lamar Jackson's that MVP on the offensive side. Roquan's the straw that stirs the drink on the defensive side mm-hmm. of the ball. I was talking with Matt Williamson earlier this week. You hear him all over Steelers Nation Radio, so I'm sure you've heard him say this stuff, but he's very high on Roquan Smith. He he thinks that that's the engine for this defense. Um, Fred Warner, probably the best off-ball linebacker in the NFL. Steelers saw him week one. Roquan Smith's probably the one right behind him as far as that position is concerned. He's not this good or will be this good, but he's their Ray Lewis right now. He's the guy, you know, telling everybody what to do on the defense. He's the guy making sure this guy's in the right spot, that guy's in the right spot. We're going to run this play. We're gonna... He is a prototypical quarterback of the defensive side of the ball. I even saw uh, it was going viral one day on Twitter earlier this year from Ravens.com, Lewis and Smith watching film together, and Ray Lewis saying, you've got to communicate. Like, 
he's pointing at players on the Ravens. He's like, that's a young pup right there, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, you got to raise him. You got to make sure that he's in the right spot. Like, it was really cool to see a legend talk right. to a, a all pro currently. And, you know, the Steelers have such rich tradition at positions. So do the the Ravens. Ravens inside linebackers. Yeah. I mean, come on. They've always been stout at that position from Lewis to now Roquan. And the other thing I like about Roquan coming into the fold, it allowed Patrick Queen to trickle down a little bit. He doesn't have to be the Ray Lewis now. Now he just has to have Roquan say, hey, blitz that guy. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, cover that running back. Or, hey, that tight end's going to release. Crash him on the line. Mm-hmm. And he's just, yes, sir. I'm, a, I'm just a heat-seeking missile. Tell me where to go. And I think you've seen Patrick Queen take a step forward as well because of the less thinking he has to do and more I'm just going to go out there and play football. So right. they have an incredible tandem of inside linebackers in Baltimore. And, you know, when Williams and I were talking in the advanced scout, he said at the beginning of the year, I thought the Ravens' defense was going to be their downfall this year. That was going to be one of the worst units in the AFC North on that side of the football. Uh, I don't think they're going to be able to stop the run. That hasn't been the case. They've been able to stop the run. As far as EPA is concerned, expected points added, they're giving up only the Browns and the Cowboys are giving up less than they are. Uh, they have been an elite defense through four weeks yeah. of the season. And Matt and I speculated that Roquan's probably the reason why. There's not much talent up front, but they're probably good at stopping the run because Roquan knows where to plug all the dam, P- plug all the gaps in the dam. Mm-hmm. Roquan is so cerebral that he's elevating, like Ray Lewis was kind of telling him to do, to do he's right. elevating the rest of that defense around him. Yeah, I mean, we we it's not hard to get lost in talking about how great Lamar Jackson and that offense is, but... It's a great player on the other side, mm-hmm. too. It's that a, was a it's phenomenal a trade for the Ravens. that they brought him back. Especially because, like, they were able to recognize Queen was supposed to be their guy. Right. And they were, like, he's just not getting there, there he's yet. He's not there. Let's go get somebody that has already established that. And they go from Chicago, they pick from Chicago, they get Roquan, and he's, he, I mean, he's... It was bad news back then when they made the trade for Wilquan for Steelers fans, and then it got even worse when they extended him. And he's going to be a Raven for life now. I mean, that that's that's what they want. They want that Ray Lewis middle linebacker, you know, staple in that defense. They've got it for the next at least four or five years with him. He's a stud, right. and he's in his prime. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's that's the guy defensively. I know Marlon Humphrey's on the injury report. Don't know what he's going to look like in this game, but... That's the one guy on defense that I highlight for the Steelers in this matchup. Worries the hell out of me. I think he can completely wreck the game. I think he can outthink the Steelers in this game. And I'm not trying to be mean, but the Steelers' offense isn't exactly the the hardest nut to crack. I mean, you heard no. Steven Nelson say last week that it's a very predictable offense. We've been hearing that for a year and a half now from opposing defenders. Yeah, a little bit longer. Yeah, so not good uh, when it comes to the matchups in this game. Really, the only thing I, I hate this because it's so like cliche and like there's just no tangible to it, but it's the Ravens. Like, that's the only yeah. thing I keep hanging my hat on is well, they can beat them because it's the Ravens. Like, I can't tell you how there's no like legitimate game plan. You don't expect the Steelers to come out and, and you see a pattern of behavior or a pattern on the offense saying, Oh, look at that, they're using this to their advantage, and the Ravens can't stop it. It's just going to be a clunk. If they do win, if the Steelers do win, it's going to be very clunky, very ugly, oh, yeah. very Steelers Ravens. Only way they can win this and in, in right. this with this team, offense, the only yeah. way they're able to win is just yeah. muck it up and have T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith wreck the game, create out, a yeah. bunch of turnovers, just win ugly. 
You don't look ugly, though, when you gear up with the latest sideline apparel hats and jerseys of your favorite players, authentic memorabilia, custom items, and exclusives you can only find directly from the team at one of the official Steelers Pro Shops. You like that there? That's pretty good for me. Mm-hmm. Located at AccraShare Stadium, Grove City Premium Outlets, or the Tanger Outlets, or you can visit us online at shop.steelers.com. Jacob, Tom. there are 12 2 and 2 teams in the NFL right now. That's a lot. Are you feeling good about them? Are you feeling? Uh oh! Uh oh! We're gonna play a little. Uh oh! Uh uh! When oh, we come man. back on all twelve two and two teams, love that. That's on the way next. You're listening to the Steelers Standard.